welcome back to the newest and truest episode of On the Bench with Beeks. This is episode number 90, and I am your host, Cody Beekme, and, and with me is Nick Adams. Hey, what's up? Hello. And we have a returning customer, one we all know very well and super stoked to have back in the laboratory, Mr. Dan Beattie. Hey, everybody. Good to be back. Oh, man. Glad to have you back, dude. It's been a minute. It has. But the uh, the lab's looking amazing, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we've been working on it a lot, man. We got shelves. We've got new pictures. We got we've got a neon sign. It's now. really hard to tell who your favorite team is. It is. I know. It's really <laughs> hard. It's it's. I, I do like to keep it in the vagary. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> but I mean, if you if you look hard enough, you'll you'll be able to suss it out. Yeah. yeah you might be able to count a couple championship banners and see a. I wonder what that's like. Uh, yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> like you would know, right? Oh, I fucking Canucks, man. Oh, and we're going to get into that. But uh, what we thought would be fun was to bring back an old, uh, old kind of tradition that we used to have on, on the bench is a hockey day in history. And it turns out that uh, Dan's got a pretty great one that actually ties into a bit of our league talk. I see what you did there, Cody. Um, yeah, is. so it's been a minute since I've been on, and l- last time I was a regular on here, I think I did around 50 episodes with you guys. We always used to kick these things off with a hockey day in history. And uh, so I was asking Cody, like, hey, let's do that again. And um, as avid listeners will know i would always look for some excuse to try to bring wayne gretzky into the hockey day in history yeah and he did a very good job of that as well it's also not hard because he's really good (laughs) i was gonna say he's got a he's got a few days that he did some cool things yeah and um so i've got a i've got a pretty great one here again no pun intended but um in 1983 on november 19th Gretzky scored eight points on three goals and five assists during a 13-4 victory over the New Jersey Devils in the infamous Mickey Mouse game. Gretzky wanted the league to help get the Devils to be more competitive, but his post-game comments were misconstrued as a, a, a put-down to the Devils organizations and players. He said, quote, well, it's time they got their act together, folks. They're ruining the whole league. They had better stop running a Mickey Mouse organization and put somebody on the ice. So yeah, the next time the Oilers played in New Jersey, the fans jeered Greskin, hoisted all these Mickey Mouse signs around the arena. So uh. I thought that was incredible in terms of his production. Uh, Gretzky's always been trying to um, grow the game, and I'll get into that a little bit later. But also, seems kind of funny how... We've come a long way since the Devils being a laughing stock of the NHL. Yeah, which lead, leads us basically into our league talk, the, which we're going to start out with the New Jersey Devils on a 12-game win streak right now. On fire. Right Heater. Now. Oh, yeah. In the immortal words, already immortal words of Jack Hughes, they're on a bit of a heater, man. Like, uh, I want to take a look at this. Like, what do you guys think it is? Like, that that is just gelling so well for the devils right now i mean i think it's just a few guys coming into their own i think jack hughes is starting to really find his game and a lot of this young talent that we've been talking about for a few years with this team i think they're finally starting to buy into the system and 
they're starting to get rewarded for it. And I mean, it's great to see, honestly. I love seeing a team that, you know, I didn't think the Devils were going to do much this season. So being able to watch them go on a heater like this and maybe surprise some people, it's always fun to watch a different, you know, a different team kind of take the reins there for a little bit. I mean, it might be a different story come the end of the year, but for right now, it's a great story and it's a good time for them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they got Moxie, right? Oh, yeah. Like, they've got that nailed down. And with a 12-game win streak, usually in the NHL, it's a pretty competitive league. They're not blowing out a lot of teams during this run. They've had some, yeah. but there's been like, yeah, there it goes. Uh, the overtime win against the Leafs, I think, is the one most recently in my memory. But they're getting the job done. They made a lot of great off-season moves one season prior in free agency when they went after, like, Hamilton, right? Yeah, and, and, Ryan, and Ryan Graves from the Avs. That, that was a huge Oh, yeah, answer. they took advantage of us there because we had to. that was when we had to move on right before the expansion draft and we couldn't protect him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Blackwood, like, he, he's playing better now, right? Yeah, actually, he's been on the IR a little bit, but uh, he was playing really well before he did. Okay. But they also acquired Vitek Vanacek there over the offseason. There you go. Who's been playing absolutely lights out. And, and uh, I mean, even uh, Schmid, their backup backup goaltender, has been playing, like, way out of his league right now as well. So um, that, I think that's a huge part of it for me is, like, the goaltending has just been so spot on. Yeah, and... Like, uh, there's just, there's seeing how those young players and the, they got so many draft picks from being so shitty for so many years. Yeah. But it takes a while for that chemistry and it's gelling now and they're running with it. And it's nice to see a Hughes player actually be successful this year. Right. (laughs) (laughs) There's going to be two successful Hugheses on that team here Ah, soon in the near future. I got a little nervous during the offseason when they, like, Quinn was not really I thought it signing was, an extension. I was like, he's probably going I to I thought it was going to happen. You I know, thought they were going like, to bring the three of them together. The, yeah, let's get those Hughes brothers I all thought together. they were going to try to do what Carolina thought, did with the stalls. I thought yeah. it was happening. And, I mean, we also all thought that um, what's his nuts in Columbus uh, – Johnny Hockey yeah. was going to go to New Jersey. Yeah. I thought he was going right? home a hundred percent. So like can you imagine if like he decided to do that instead of go to Columbus, like how much better New Jersey would be? But at the same time, we all thought because he wasn't going there, oh here's another year of the Devils basically giving two points to whatever team's playing against them. Oh right. So they've they've surprised a lot of folks. I know the Devils fans out there will be like trust the process kind of situation but in reality it's great to see these intangibles come together because there's no real way to kind of measure chemistry and it's working it's really going well and you don't normally see these young players with this much confidence so to see jack like get on the mic when um he's asked like post game i think like at game nine or ten of this thing he's like what do you guys need to do differently he's like well not much we're like on a fucking eight game heater right now (laughs) what do you want me to say to that otherwise keep playing our game that we're playing and winning hockey games seriously 
And another big thing is Nico Heischer has been healthy. Yeah. That is that is a huge thing. I mean, Heischer's really he's really started to like be that guy to lean on for the uh, Devils when that's what they wanted to do when they named him captain in the in the first place. Yeah, like did he take over Landeskog for being the youngest European captain when he was named captain? I th- you know what? I think he missed it just by a couple months, okay. actually. Because usually when they do that kind of thing, it's like hard to know if young players like that can handle that kind of pressure. Right. And he's had some tough injury woes as of late. And it's, to your point, Cody, it's, it's just amazing when he got drafted, what, like third overall, second overall? first uh was he was first yeah, first yeah. overall yeah so like it's sick to finally see that be paying the dividends that we all thought he could develop yeah. into we all knew that he right. had that so talent. yeah the timing is really great when you know all of these players get developed at the right time so well yeah they're gonna be walking into a a, a matchup with edmonton uh how, do, how how far do you guys see this uh win streak going um, honestly, as long as they keep playing their game and they buy into the system like that, I mean, obviously it's going to come to an end eventually, but... Yeah, you can't win 82. You know, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they could rattle off a couple more here before they get caught. Um, you know, I think with some of these big streaks in the league in the last few years, 15 seems to be like the number that everybody... If you get to like 15, it always seems to be like that's usually where it tops out. Yeah. So. I'm pulling for him to get there because I always like watching streaks like that. But you know they'll go until they until they go. Maybe maybe McDavid drops four goals on them, and you know that's a wrap. Who knows? Yeah, but they'll still let in eight because their goaltending in Edmonton sucks this year. Yeah, <laughs> that's a fair point. That's a fair point. But you know, I've never I'll never count out Leon Drysaitel and Connor McDavid. They can bring that team back from the depths well they're on a bit of a struggle bus right now so i could definitely see i mean they the new jersey devils are seven and oh against canadian teams this this year yeah so that's far. what i'm looking up right now i think they're the first team to sweep both the western conference and eastern conference canada road trip yeah that's fucking nuts that's that is insane. that's wild yeah i mean i mean you know Ottawa and Montreal, and you know they're they're not looking too good at, right now as well. But I mean to sweep all, all 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 Canadian teams on their on their road trips is just it's unreal. It's you don't see it very often, and it's cool to be witnessing it right now for sure. Mm-hmm. Especially because they ranked among the bottom five teams in the league in three of the last four years. Yeah, and then it's like boom, here we are. And unreal, just absolutely unreal. So let's uh, let's uh, every time we have you on, you know, we always got to talk Canucks. Mm-hmm. So whether uh, or not we want to, it's it all I'll, I'll bring it in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, well, a guy wearing a Canucks uh, jersey tonight, <laughs> so it's kind of it does have to be talked about eventually. Um, how rough? Just, it sucks, man. Yeah. It's terrible. I mean, just like the fact that we 
I think we're the first team in forever to be up by two goals in every game to start the season for the first five or six games and lost every single one. Like, yeah. sweet. Like, just continue. Like, how do you make my life worse is you lose every game. Oh, but the way you do it is you make me think you're finally going to win and then you shit the bed every single time. And it's just, it's it's so frustrating to watch that team. And I really was happy when Rutherford decided to bring Boudreaux back for this season. Now I think he's a genius for not signing him longer than just this year. Agreed. Because I've like completely changed my tune on Boudreaux. I thought like this guy, we were we were cheering him in the stands. Like you don't normally hear chance for the coach. Right. And except w- for the New Jersey Devils actually today they were chanting sorry Lindy. Oh, yeah. well, there you go. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. Yeah. Uh so learn from our fail New Jersey. <laughs> like enjoy it cuz I hope it lasts. Um and I mean I was in Toronto last week and the same fucking thing happened. Like we got up two goals in the first period and we ended up losing the game three or four to two or something like that. And it's, at least at this point, I've just come to expect that that's the way it's going to be. And when you listen to the front office and the brass, like say what they say, I'm like, Oh, they're saying the same stuff that they said two years ago, three years ago. So there's a lot of people in Vancouver that are of the opinion that it's not only a rebuild, you got to like burn this fucker down. Like you got to sell the team, uh, keep it in Vancouver, but the Aquilinis shouldn't be in charge anymore. Um, and it, it, it's that bad. So burn it to the ground, burn it to the yeah, ground. Yeah, like don't riot again no need for that yeah we literally have burnt the city down twice but i mean they just they are in trouble and uh it's really tough to see i i actually thought they did a good job getting back some of the players that they did like brock besser he's he's one of my favorite players he had a tough year last year dealing with personal issues with his dad passing away um right and JT Miller, he had a contract year. I don't think you'd just turn that around and give him, what, seven or eight years at eight million or something like that. Like, that was a mistake. But you got all of these young core players on the bridge deals so that for the next two to three years, they could kind of like see what they had. But none of it's working out. So now you have really good young players with two or three years left on decent deals that a lot of other teams could find ways of bringing in a Brock or a Bo Horvat or a Pedersen. And like, it's kind of, I hate to say it because I like watching those players play, but I also am of the opinion that this team needs to just fire sale. So I don't like the product on the ice. They're not going to make the playoffs this year and the only way to really see this coming through is getting is starting over because we've been in this perpetual flirtatious rebuild stage for a long time and it's not working and the brain trust isn't doing anything about it and uh i'm sick of seeing 
Ekman Larson type deals come into our organization. So yeah, let's let's see Bo come to the Avs. That would make me so happy. Oh yeah, and speaking of which, I mean, really the whole thing about it, like for a lot of teams, not just the Avs, but the amount of injuries that are going on right now. I mean, mm. the Washington Capitals, they have about $40 million of cap hurt right now. And the Avs, I mean, they're looking pretty much the same. I mean, you've got Landis Gog, uh, Valeri Nikchushkin, uh, Samuel Gerard, Bowen Byram. Bowen Byram. Oh, yeah. Darren Helm. Like, you have, you have six of your basically top players sitting on the IR right now. Definitely a handful of Eagles just chilling in the Avs lineup right yeah, now. We're, yeah, we're it's not even the Colorado Avalanche now right now. It's like the Colorado Eagles playing professional hockey, right? And then Shane Bowers and Curtis McDermott gets hurt in the like last two games as well. Well, what what team were the Avs playing where they were brutally outshot, but still won in Carolina. OT. Yeah, Carolina. the Carolina Hurricanes. 40, 48 to 14 shot discrepancy, but we win 3 2. That's, uh, that's, was Frank Husen? Frank, yeah. Frankie was yeah. in that. Frankie yeah. stood on his head. That I love night. that, man. Um, I, I mean, like, you don't need to talk to me about how shitty a blue line the, the Canucks have and like we need more right-handed defensemen and when Bieksa was practicing for the Hockey Hall of Fame game I was like he's he's probably still our best right-handed defenseman right now like come back please um, <laughs> but yeah when you get outshot by that many it, you see the injuries on the blue line too and you're like yeah oh yeah it's and uh, so what should the Avs take a look at like a fire cell like oh the, yeah uh, like the I mean I I freaking I already like I mean Burnaby Joe okay like for for those of you that know me as a Canucks fan I also lived in Vancouver for a super long time and uh, I I like Carey Price because he's from BC I like Joe Sackick because he's from BC he's won cups and gold medals like I love that man and that guy I know he's in a different role now with the Avs but he still has influence right and and 100%. he he knows what it takes to get deals done and i i trust him to not give up too much to acquire these players and i look at vancouver as a perfect candidate to be picking players from because i just kind of made my case that they need to be rebuilding i know he knows jim rutherford quite well i think that would make a really good partnership and selfishly, like most of the reason I go to Canucks games here in Colorado now is to see Bo Horvat. He's a London boy. That's where my family's from. He played for the Knights. That's where my family has season tickets for. Like, I'd love to see that guy flip me pucks continuously for a couple more years and not because I'm wearing a Canucks jersey at warm-ups. You know? Right. Oh, so. yeah. I You know, you know to, to pull in a Bo, Bo Horvat would be just incredible especially because i mean it, let's be honest with you they're not a single player on the abs have really filled into a t- 2c role yet he would be a legitimate great player for the system the abs play oh yeah and you're absolutely spot on i agree yeah because i mean right now we're rolling the alex newhook evan rodriguez 
hoping one of them decides to be a 2C that night and just rolling with that and, you know, Nate Dog is the one. Yeah. So it would be nice to be able to go acquire a solid number two, no doubt about it. That's fill them in right there. Oh, yeah. Nazem Kadri replacement. Yeah, that's that's been that's a great comment because uh, Horvat's so clutch in playoffs too. I mean, he hasn't been there for a couple of years, but that dude shows up every time, and uh, even when we're losing, he's still trying his darndest out there. So, gosh, I'd love to see that deal happen. And that's the name that's been thrown around in the Canucks organization the most. So that's why I I don't feel like we're talking about something when the dollars and cents don't actually equate like they can make something happen there oh yeah absolutely that surprises me a little bit though that it's been Bo the most talked about I would have assumed it would have been like Brock Besser or you know some team out there thinking they can get 40 goals on the wing well JT Miller got signed to a contract so you know JT Miller is that's not happening that contract's not tradable now either so yeah, just ask Luongo about bad contracts in Vancouver <laughs> history, but it's yeah, absolute and and there's no way. I mean, oh my God, if JT Miller gets traded, there is no way whatever team trades for him is like, yeah, we'll take his full contract. Absolutely, not. and if he does get traded, it just accentuates my point about how idiotic the Canucks organization would be because if he's on our books for another seven years that would just be absolutely ridiculous I would hate to see that happen but I that's why I think he's I think he's untradeable like you said it would be it would be really hard to, uh, to work something out there I mean you'd have to retain salary and get, a, get yeah. an insane uh, you know uh, return as well which I mean, uh, I don't know. There's not a lot of a lot of folks that are clamoring to be. No, no team has that much cap space, man. No way. And when I'm looking at it right now, uh, Bo Horvat's cap hit is five million dollars right now. Okay. Okay. So what do you do? You, uh, you obviously you send an NHL ready player for with like maybe like a three million dollar cap hit, and then you know maybe a couple micro transactions as well. Do you know how much cap space the Avs have right now? We've got about a. I, I don't. I think Landy's a, on LTIR now. Landy's so. on LTIR. So yeah, but he'll be coming back, so you yeah. can't really count that money. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's like a million and a half, and then if you include Landy's LTIR, it's like nine million. But eventually, he's coming back. Yeah. So, so I mean, like, who? How? How do you? How do you make four and a half million dollars worth of space on JP the Avs? Comper. Yeah. Samuel Gerard okay. is making this same amount of money as Bo Horvat Okay, right well, there you go. Yeah. And then forward-wise, JT's like three and a half, so he's about the only player in the realm that you're willing to give up that makes enough money. But Sam Gerard's probably the easiest fit. To... I mean, he's a good value player too, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And he's probably the most enticing trade offer that the Avalanche Yeah, would I would agree And he's that. got three years left on yeah, his deal okay. at five million bucks. Okay, well, there it is. So Yeah. Alright, problem solved. Here we go, Joe. <laughs> Can I, do you want me to get a hold of Rutherford for you, Joe, or do you want to just get that 
get that done by yourself there, bud. Me and, me and Cody have already mocked like five different Sam Gerard trades that would benefit the Avs, but I just think it's hilarious that I'm going to the game on Wednesday where they're playing the Canucks and I could still be cheering for Bo, but in a different uniform by then. Isn't it weird? Yeah, <laughs> to get it done that quick would be just absolutely insane. But I mean, uh, they're there, play there, it out. there is that well, huge, like, dramatic thing that uh, the Vancouver media put uh, put a bunch of stock in. Like, they took down all those uh, tri- uh, player posters that they have up in. Yeah. There's something about presidents of hockey operations and GMs coming into town also when it's into town of a Stanley Cup contender and there's a seller because there's always potential for that little two or three or four hour conversation in the box. I like the way you observe. Yes, you're absolutely right. Wasn't wasn't Sackick doing that a lot last year? Oh, yeah. yeah so. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. There was any team that came into town that was like potentially trading people you know like selling at the deadline when they came into town it always seemed to pan to the to the suite with joe in there and you could always be like isn't hang on that's the gm of fill in the blank and you're like i wonder what that conversation's like i wonder i wonder who we're talking about here oh yeah i gotta tell you man joey learned a lot from pierre lacroix Mm-hmm. And he's using it. He's putting it to damn good use. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't win GM of the year by not being a very uh, savvy dealsman, if you will. Truth. Well, cool, man. Uh, great league talk. I uh, we got a, lo- a lot of, uh, out that needed to be on. I know right off your shoulders, especially in the Canucks region. Uh, we're going to kick it over to Dave Zamboni real quick for Dave Zamboni's pick of the week. Take it away, Dave. Hey, Beaks, thanks. Dave Zamboni here. It's time for the Zamboni pick of the week. You know, this song was written a long time ago. Uh, I was an Islanders fan, 1993. And they just seemed to break my heart. Uh, uh, Just little editor's note here I ended up working for the Islanders being an MC and uh, after working for them for about 11 years I no longer liked the Islanders and I became a uh, Minnesota, Colorado, New York Ranger fan but this song is called The Wait and it's about just waiting your team out you're waiting and waiting and uh, you guys from the Avalanche area you didn't have to wait anymore after last year take it, take it there Beak. see you later
Thank you so much, Dave. We always appreciate a tasty Dave Zamboni's pick of the week. Remember, you can always catch them on Spotify and Bandcamp. Go over there. Uh, their entire discography is going for like 32 bucks. Hell of a deal for some incredible hockey music. So now let's get back into it. Dan, you had just recently been on such an incredible trip and you were so, so stoked to talk about it. We thought mm-hmm. uh, we'd uh, talk about it on air. So I'm going to give you the mic and uh, let us uh, t- let, let you take us on a journey. Sad Connects talk to fun Connects talk. Yeah, definitely. Um, this is, I've been so excited to talk about what happened last weekend and overall guys we've had a great week of hockey i mean we're gonna get to it later but for me to come back and then do these great things with you guys with dog nation on on friday was awesome so stay tuned for that part of the episode oh yeah totally but uh we haven't really like said what i did but maybe by now it's a little obvious so um i really was excited in may of earlier this year when they announced that the players going into the hall would be Daniel and Henrik Sedin, Roberto Luongo, and uh, I guess this other guy named Daniel Alfredson. Whoever that is. Yeah, whoever that guy is. Or Carnegie, whoever that guy is. (laughs) Linen, that, that, I don't know, this like crazy, amazing international Finnish player, whoever that could be. Right. Um, So I've never been to a hockey hall of fame induction. I know based on what's going on in the Canucks organization today, there is no players going into the hall, maybe a few later, but there's no one that played like a long time in their career. Like Henrik and Daniel did. I mean, that's, that's a given. They're probably arguably the greatest Canucks of all time. And uh, Bobby Lou as well. And for all of them to go in, together same year i was like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity you know any canucks fan would love to be there and for those of you guys that don't know i'm i'm born in toronto my family still lives in ontario so when it came to thinking about going to the induction ceremony at least i didn't have to worry about accommodations while I was there. Yeah, that's beautiful. And so I was like, this is the year of years to go as a Canucks fan. Um, Also, we've got some great on the bench with Beaks alumni that live in Ontario. We've got Todd Sawatsky. Big shout out to Totters. And uh, we also have King DeWitt. Another huge shout out to King. What up, King? Love you, buddy. So when I was like thinking about all of those factors, I was like, you know, I can make this one of my favorite hockey weekends of my life. I can go and see the Canucks get inducted in some way, shape, or form. Plus, I can meet Todd in person and maybe King as well. Oh, yeah. And um, so I started to look into tickets, and then I realized that the Hockey Hall of Fame does these vip packages okay so that you don't just buy a ticket to the actual induction ceremony there's like a whole gala there's this whole like dog and pony show that they do and i was like well that sounds pretty friggin' cool let let's look into that and then so i have been kind of like this high maintenance email dude to the hockey hall of fame staff. So I just want to give a shout out before I start rambling. I want to give a shout out to Michael 
and Kylie at the Hockey Hall of Fame because they've answered like 15 of my emails where I'm like, what about this? Uh, I want to go with my uncle. He's a big Lanny McDonald's fan. Uh, Can you make this happen? They are so great. So um, it was awesome because uh, I I was in good hands with the Hockey Hall of Fame staff. That's great to hear. And um, when they were kind of outlining what VIP packages they had, it was like, you could go all in and just do like the VIP weekend and we just completely take care of you. And I was like, that's what I want. And they were like, "Mm, sorry to tell you, but the whole overall weekend VIP package sold out. And I was like, but they were like, we still have like individual day VIP packages. So before I start like taking you guys through my experience, I will tell you 100% without fail, if you are a hockey fan, it doesn't really matter who's going in that year. Going to the Hockey Hall of Fame and then seeing the induction ceremony is a huge must for any hockey fan. It is so much fun. They do such a great job for the fans. And I went thinking this is a once in a lifetime opportunity, left wanting to do it every single year. My God, yes. Okay. So the way this works is there's a Saturday experience, a Sunday experience, and then Monday night is the actual induction ceremony. Okay. So the way I'm going to like go through this is like day by day. Right. Okay. okay. And so the VIP experience on. The first day, Saturday, is you get to go to the Hockey Hall of Fame. You have entrance tickets to walk around the exhibits. And then you have access to this thing called the Fan Forum Experience, where you go to the Great Hall. For those of you not familiar, the Great Hall within the Hockey Hall of Fame is the place where they have the Stanley Cup on display, all of the major trophies, where all of the induction people's plaques are. It's a it's a really cool thing because it's also inside an old bank, so you're you are literally and metaphorically in a vault of oh, history. Wow. Oh, so that's, that's pretty cool, yeah. right? So I knew that I had the VIP experience for Sunday as well. So when I'm there Saturday, I don't have to spend all my time looking at the exhibit because I have the next day to do it too. Right. So um, how this breaks down is like, at least this year, Saturday was you get to go to the hall, you get to go to this fan forum experience in the great hall, which is all about like sitting there and listening to Q&A with the induction players. Oh, cool. And then they give you all of this memorabilia. They give you a, a poster of all the induction players signed by all of those players. And... Then at the evening, what was available for them is you go to an advanced screening of uh, the the Legends of Hockey movie that's coming out. So you get to see the premiere. I opted not to do that because it just so happened that evening was the Canucks versus Leafs. So obviously, as a Canucks fan, I want to go to that game. Oh, yeah. The only thing I didn't really quite understand is like why... Every year they have a Hockey Hall of Fame game and it was like the Penguins versus the Leafs Friday. Oh, because Sidney Crosby. 
of course. So yeah, anyway, right. like that was that thing. But anyway, okay. So I get there. I go Saturday. I'm, I get my tickets for the whole weekend. I get this bag full of awesome memorabilia, signed posters of all the induction class. And I'm walking around looking at all the exhibits. And for those of you that know me for also being like a huge jersey collector, this is like stimulation overload because like almost the entire hockey hall of fame exhibits are based off of hockey jerseys oh yeah so it doesn't matter if you're on the international side and learning about all the different countries that have been represented over time or you're in the more nhl side where you're learning about all the teams that exist in the nhl and the history of the game mostly the exhibits are done with jerseys in every display case oh so for me, I'm just just like amazed at how much polyester and twill I'm seeing. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, those that really know what I like to collect know that I like to collect sweaters, not the polyester, but like the woolly boys. And the for me bullies. to go around and see like the smoke eaters, the Lethbridge, Alberta, like the winnipeg falcons like the original sweaters that players were wearing in the 1920s and 1930s like representing canada in their first olympic games or like a hamilton tigers sweater to show like how there were teams in the nhl before the original six that no one seems to care about right for me i'm just wigging out like i'm having like the greatest time the hockeyest nerd moment oh my god because like these sweaters are like they have holes in them and they're not from moths they're from pucks they're from sticks they're from block shots and and they're just preserved it's so cool like just to i have a montreal maroon sweater but it was made in 92 they have a Montreal Maroon sweater from the 1910s. Holy it's just shit. different, and it's so cool. And there's also this nod to hockey diversity and inclusion now in the hall. And they they do a good job of swapping out what's in each exhibit every couple years so that you can go back periodically and learn more about the game, see more about the game, to them, it's no big deal that they have Gretzky's game-worn jersey from, like, the 1994 lockout season or the 91-92 All-Star game or the gloves that Lemieux wore in his five goals in five different ways type thing. Right. But it's not always on display. But every time you go there, you're like, holy crap, there's some really cool stuff. So going to the hall is a huge experience. It doesn't matter if it's an induction weekend. I just highly recommend going to the Hockey Hall of Fame. But it was the induction weekend. So right. I, I'm going around and I'm seeing this is just all this the stuff. the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. And I'm, I'm fully under the impression that the fan forum is very much like we go into the Great Hall, we take a seat, and then it's going to be like more of a media press conference. Like we're going to sit there and get like live – Q and A from like the TSN crew or like this uh, Rogers Sportsnet crew or whoever's there to kind of cover the weekend. Right. I fully expected it to be like that. Couldn't have been more wrong. It's basically Gino 
from TSN That's Hockey being like, hey, welcome. Okay, there's mics on either side of the room. Line up asking questions. No way. Yeah. Wow. And when I was talking, when the episode kicked off about um, Gretzky growing the game in all these different ways, that's his brainchild. He's the one, when he went in in 99, that was saying, like, it would be cool to have this fan interaction experience. Wow. So we have him to thank for that. That's awesome. And normally, you're just there asking him questions. But because Henrik wasn't able to get his Hockey Hall of Fame ring at the Hockey Hall of Fame game between the Leafs and the Penguins on Friday night, I got to see Henrik get his ring. Rad. Normally, the induction is taking place at the Hockey Hall of Fame, and after the ceremony, they go and sign their names in the Hockey Hall of Fame ledger book that Uh says, like, I am in the hall. Kind of like you get married, but you are officially married when you sign your marriage license. That's my analogy. Way cooler. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I hope my wife's not listening, but yes, it's pretty cool. And we got to be the first year that they did that for the fans. So I get to see that happen. Oh, shoot. And I get to see Lanny McDonald, like, talking about each one of these players. Then they go and sign it. And then he's like, no, this is your pen. Like, it has your name on it. This is the pen you use to sign your name into the Hockey Hall of Fame. It's, it's like, pretty freaking cool. Yeah, that's, like, the one you keep on the desk forever. You know what this pen is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> so that also just goes to show, like, how detailed and thought thoughtful the hockey hall of fame staff is like they really think about this fan experience okay and then i'm under the impression that when they say like go to the sides of the room ask these questions like it's going to be a lot of like not really thought out questions like it's going to be like i really liked seeing you play and i just wanted to say thanks like it was it there were questions from fans going up there being like all right Luongo I want to take you back to 2000 so and so where you had been a a goalie for x amount of years at this point but at at this year you're finally making your playoff debut and in your first oh, yeah. playoff game you break the record for longest minutes played by a goalie where you're going into your fourth overtime Take me through what was going through your head in that experience. Wow. And you're like, well, holy crap, that's an amazing question. Or um, some people weren't really asking questions as much as saying like, so I've come from Surrey, BC with my family. And I just wanted to say, Henrik and Daniel, uh, the work that you do with the Children's Hospital is incredible because my daughter here was actually in the hospital when you were going around giving your time and it's turned her not only into a lifelong Canucks fan, but it helped her recover from what she was going through. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Wow. And, and you're there and you're realizing like the reason these players have been inducted is not just because of their amazing stats. Like they are great people. Like, they have really done incredible work in the community, you know? Oh, totally. So that was a treat because my question was very much like, okay, none of us are going to ever make it into the Hockey Hall of Fame as players. But 
there is a builder category and it's all about growing the game and you know Henrik and Daniel you've done amazing work with Canucks for Kids Roberto Luongo you took the mic when uh right after the Parkland shooting that happened in Florida which is like your home town of your wife and stuff like that yeah daniel i had the privilege of sitting next to your team doctor on a flight from chicago to toronto one year where he told me that after he was in a motorcycle accident that you were going to pay his medical bills no matter the cost just to make sure that he was so and and so on like that kind of shit is going on and like even in daniel's induction speech uh daniel alfredson induction speech he thanks that doctor, right, for extending his career. So, like, my question was all about, like, what can we do to grow the game? And that's when Gino was also, he took the mic and was like, I'm glad you asked that question because I'd also like to highlight the work that Herb Carnegie has done. So for those of that you that don't know, Herb Carnegie got inducted posthumously. He was a black hockey player. He's famous infamously famously known as the greatest black hockey player to never play in the NHL. He was born the same year as Jackie Robinson to give some kind of historical perspective. He mentored John Beliveau after his, like he, he was so good. And even though the Rangers wanted him in their organization and signed him, they immediately put him on their fourth, feeder team to the NHL and he was like no he won MVPs in leagues in Quebec and stuff like that this guy despite all of the adversity he was facing and the racism that he was facing after his playing career he started an organization called the Young Aces because he was playing for the Quebec Aces at that time Mm. where it was a school program showing black kids like what they can do to be a successful person, not hockey player. Right. So, so Gino used my question as a catapult to also be mentioning Herb, which I felt honored about because I don't think a lot of players and people there were aware of the impact that he had made on the NHL. Right. And I, I take nothing away from Willie O'Ree. Willie O'Ree did break the color barrier in the NHL, but Herb was also an incredible influence and still is to this day of growing the game of hockey so what a wholesome experience right oh hell yeah absolutely because you think going into this it's going to be a media scrum you also think like the questions won't be very well thought out i it was so cool just to hear their answers some of them were really funny some of them were really wholesome. Some of them were like very less questiony, more thank you. Right. Uh, but it was an amazing experience. And I get to leave that and go to a Leafs game in Toronto's, you know, the mecca of hockey. So oh, does yeah. not suck, right? No. Uh, and in, in between the game and the fan forum, I also met up with some other hockey guys that are jersey collectors. So I got to see those guys so if clams jerseys is listening uh appreciate you and mcflemmer too like you guys are great and we had a great time eating dinner down at the stadium more social time and then uh my brother-in-law who his family has had season tickets with the leafs for 
since the 60s which is like Holy the only shit. way you can have season yeah. tickets yeah. by the way he's like oh i knew you wanted to go to this game so back in june when we were dividing them up i selected this game and you and your uncle are gonna go and we sat center center i'm talking center ice lower bowl Middle of section 108. Oh, oh my lord. And guess what's going on before that game starts? They're honoring Biore Salming. Yes. So, like, what the hell, man? Like, I just come from this historical experience. I'm, oh, I, I didn't mention this, but I'm sitting next to the Swedish ambassador and his wife during the fan forum. And then we get to see. Arguably the most influential Swedish player of all time, definitely one of the greatest Leafs of all time, get honored before the game in a puck drop between Oliver Ekman Larson and William Nylander. And the whole starting lineup between both teams is 100% Swedish. What an incredible start. Oh my goodness. I'm like so jealous right now. I'm not going to lie. But, so and I I remember watching that like the beginning of that and that that uh just the whole thing with Borja was so tear jerking man it was not a dry eye in the arena man impossible completely impossible <clears throat> and I should mention at this point I am experiencing this whole weekend with my uncle who's from London Ontario um, who's a huge hockey fan as well. So as I'm going through these experiences, my uncle's also like anecdotally like saying like, Oh, Piore. Yeah. That reminds me of back when I used to go to games in the garden when I was a kid and we'd hear about them playing against players and the Red Wings. And so we would go to the trains the next morning and run through the cars looking for players like Gordie Howe. And he'd be sitting there smoking a cigar and I'd be there with my, player insert from my Ovaltine lid trying to go around the cars getting them to sign this stuff with you know legends like Ted Lindsay and stuff like that and I'm like oh my god this is like insane like how cool that I get to experience this stuff and my uncle's just beside himself too so wow it was it was dope and and like the game went the typical way that all Canucks games go this year and we're back <laughs> Bo Horvat scores a goal. We go up two nothing, and then we end up losing the game like three two or whatever. Wow. So that was just day one. Wow. Right. Yeah. So I'm just having like an incredible, incredible experience, and I'm like, I get two more days of this. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So um, I go like the next day, uh, Sunday, and the way this is going to play out is like we have tickets to the Hockey Hall of Fame again. So that's the day that I go down and instead of doing like the NHL side, I do the international side. Nice. I like check out what's going on with the different countries and how they're trying to grow the game that way and learning about how there's a Hockey Hall of Fame, they're in the Hockey Hall of Fame, and there's also an IIHF Hall of Fame. So like you see some of these players get inducted that were like, amazing on the international stage like uh ryan smith for example like he played mm. for canada for a long time yeah mark street uh swiss swiss guy he 
played in the NHL for like 14 years, a lot of the time with the Islanders, but he also like did a lot for team Switzerland when he played. Mm. And, and there's just a lot of women on that side, right? Because that is the main way that they're playing until the women's professional ice hockey league continues to grow. Right. Um, and starts inducting players in like 15, 20 years from now. Yeah. So so that was incredible. And then part of that VIP experience that day includes a meet and greet photo opportunity with the captains of the Hockey Hall of Fame <clears throat> Legends game, which are Matt Sundin and Eric Lindros. Oh my. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Talk about a couple names. So, I mean, again, a Swede, right? And Again, I'm in line with one of the, the most famous Swedes. Oh, I mean, I think he's like third all time in NHL points by a Swiss player. I think it's Swedish. It, it, yeah, Swedish. Might be even first. I I know I know it's either Lidstrom or Sundin one two. Right. Just to give perspective. So yeah, legend in his own right. Um, and. So we we tour the hall for a bit and then we line up for this photo opportunity. And like Matt's and Eric are sitting down and I'm behind them getting my photo standing up. We're all the same height. These guys are huge. <laughs> I shake Eric Lindros's hand, it disappears. It's it's crazy how big and powerful and commanding these two guys are. And oh, man. it's it's just kind of like a little bit more turnstile, like, hi, nice to meet you, take a picture. Hi, nice to meet you, take a picture. But that's the cool thing about my uncle being there. He's like, hey, Eric, how's your mom Barb doing? Like, he just knows, like, <laughs> you know, these guys from doing his own charity events over the years and uh, seeing Eric and Matt's over the years, like, in Ontario. So uh, that was a cool break from the typical hi how you doing take a picture like he actually got them to like break character so to speak and have a little bit of a conversation oh that's awesome and um we also got hockey hall of fame legends game posters signed by Matts and eric so we have those as mementos as well which is a smart idea because they already say on the tickets to these things like autographs will not be given but obviously you want to have an interaction with the player and it would be great to leave with some kind of memento. So the fact that like they do this in a way that you still get some autographed cool stuff, but not make the line three times as long. Cause everyone wants an autograph on a puck or a stick or a Jersey oh, yeah. or whatever, like totally. actually makes sense. Not to mention they have to go across the street to Scotia bank in like two hours and play a hockey game. Right. Right. Um, so that was really cool to meet them. They were very friendly and generous with their time. Uh, I've got all this hockey history flowing through me because I had just been now in day two of this experience. And well, literally our, inundated with yeah. it. Yeah. And then our next like experience is we go to Scotiabank and we get to see the Hockey Hall of Fame's Legends game, which is, for those that aren't familiar, it's typically like they pick two prominent players from the era of players going in and then on the team is usually like the players being inducted plus other players yeah so for example eric lindros is one of the captains so 
of course the Legion of Boom line is going to be part of that experience. So oh, you totally. get to see John LeClaire. Awesome. And um I will take any opportunity I can to see the Sedine twin chemistry out on the ice, right? It never gets old. Never gets old. <laughs> um so that was really cool because uh Henrik and Daniel and Daniel Alfredson, they're all playing on the same team together and <laughs> Roberto Luongo makes his player debut. Yeah, he I wasn't saw that. in he that. Out. He played yeah. out and he scored two goals in the game. Bobby Lou put up two. Wow. It was pretty cool. Um, and it was neat too because uh, instead of it being like commentary that you wouldn't hear in a normal hockey game because that would just be broadcast, they bring the commentator down to one of the benches and the whole game he's speaking into a mic that's going on to the PA system. Oh, cool. So like Rob Ray, who was a saber for a long time and an enforcer for a long time. Oh yeah. Rob Ray got penalties just for being Rob Ray. And it was an excuse just to give players penalty shots and make the game more closer and competitive. Um, They have Corey Schneider in one net and, uh, Schneider in one net and then uh, it was some guy uh, Biron was it Biron? I'll look it up. Marty Biron? I'm trying to think of like who the other goalie was for the other team but the point I was trying to make was like after the first half of the game they were just like you know emergency backup goalie from the local college team I'm just going to pretend I'm injured so you can go into the game so that you can stop shots from Wendell Clark and Eric Lindros and all these other legends. So you see this guy like trying his hardest and you see Wendell Clark going down on the off wing and he still snaps a shot like under his elbow and top cheese and Leafs fans love it. Right. Oh yeah, totally. They had women in the game too, like Cami Granado. And I mean, just a lot of great other players that I can't remember in the moment right now. But it, it, I mean, last night it was a proper NHL game. And this day it's these guys like Pierre Turgeon who are now retired, but they, they still got it. It's just at a different speed. And, oh yeah. You know, that's, that's okay. They lose the accuracy. And just... my tickets were center center again. I am literally oh in like, the same seats one row back from where I was the previous night. I'm sitting next to the Swedish ambassador and his wife again. They're proud as hell. I'm having a great time. And uh, then I get a text from Todd Sawatsky, and he's like, I think I see you. You want to meet up at the break? And yeah, sure enough, Todd's there. I get to meet him in the ring of the arena. He's there partially because he's a huge hockey history buff like me and also because it's the same weekend that the uh, thing called a fan expo is going on for a lot of collectors and memorabilia. There's a lot of uh, booths for hockey cards and jerseys and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So he shows up. He's like, I know you love the 75th anniversary year. Here's a puck from the 75th I got for you. I'm like, that's just the kind of guy Todd is. Oh, you know, yeah. Always thinking about other people that way. Um. And we make plans to make sure that we meet up the next night because he's, like, telling me I've got a ticket to the induction ceremony. I'm like, sick, so do I. So, like, that'll be fun. 
so yeah, that's, that's essentially day two of this three day experience where I'm like, just at this point, a little exhausted from all the hockey, but the game also ended at like five or 6 PM. So I had enough time to go home and get a decent night's sleep and decompress and decompress and debrief over what I've been through and look through my photos and realize just like all the people I've met, all the autographs I have, all the cool things that have gone on to that point. So I'm just thinking like, man, I bought these tickets for the induction ceremony and that hasn't even happened yet. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. like meanwhile, I'm getting this amazing experience and feeling like a VIP. So Yeah pretty cool uh got nothing but great things to say so far so i'm thinking like it's gonna be hard to top that tomorrow i was wrong again (laughs) um but another thing that goes on in my life is hockey jersey collecting like i've mentioned so the induction on monday is in the evening like you don't show up to get in until i think it was like 5 30 in the evening So I'm like, what am I going to do with that whole day prior to? And then turns out, as listeners will know, King DeWitt is like really into filmmaking. And uh, he's incredibly skilled at what he does. He doesn't only make hockey videos. But at the same time, he's following my journey collecting hockey sweaters like he really is like if you ever complete this collection or set let me know it would be kind of fun to do a piece on you and I'm like well guess what I finished that collection and guess what I will be in Toronto soon Mm. and so it was cool like we organized it so that he with his two buddies Nikita and Alex came into my mom's house, took over the living room, had the whole lighting set up, the pro cameras, and did like a full-on documentary-style piece on me for like four hours asking me about my ridiculous hockey jersey addictions and collections. And I felt like, okay, I'm already on this VIP experience, but... You know, what validates my insanity of collecting a, a biography doc piece on me on with you. professional <laughs> film crew, like just feeding the addiction, right? So he was great. Uh, it was another chance to just spew out a whole bunch of other hockey history about Hamilton Tigers this, New York Americans that, um, ace bailey game is the predecessor to the all-star game as we know it stuff like that and i'm showing off all these sweaters i have at the same time and you're undercutting like this actual like collection man this collection isn't just like you can go out to a store and just buy these jerseys so much time and money invested into this if for those of you that don't know yeah i i'm kind of shy about showing them off because i don't want to draw the attention but after this weekend the fact i'm talking about it on a podcast right now the fact that there's going to be a movie made like i am about to release the kraken so to speak and just blow this thing up so i've got like (laughs) philadelphia quaker sweaters st louis eagles sweaters like i don't know if people know that the og ottawa senators became the st louis eagles or i don't know if 
the Quebec Bulldogs became the Hamilton Tigers, which became the New York Americans. Like, I don't know many people that know that stuff. And it's also cool that I have sweaters that kind of commemorate that history. And it's also cool that the Hockey Hall of Fame does their exhibits that way because that's exactly why I collect this shit. Like, I, right. I, I love hockey history. So by now, you guys probably have figured out, like, this is the greatest hockey weekend of my life, (laughs) you know, because I get to see three Canucks go into the hall. I get to go around the hall. I get to meet some of these players, and it's just beyond my expectations. And then you get inducted into kind of like your own little, like, hall. Well, that that is kind of neat, yeah, to kind of, like have someone document this means a lot to me because no one's really trying to do that and it's a hard collection to get and it's also really cool that someone took enough of an interest who also has enough of a skill set to pull this off properly like i feel like completely indebted to king and what he's doing and i'm glad that someone's doing this in general i feel lucky to be the recipient of that you know so, the induction gala is black tie. Um, you have to wear a really nice suit. You have to go downtown. You have to have these tickets. You walk the red carpet. You see the TSN film crew with the lights on. Uh, Jesse from Bar Down is there. He's got his like shine twilly Winnipeg Jets. Uh, jacket on i'm in line with my suit wearing this vancouver millionaire's starter jacket we have a moment you know i'm like hey Uh, jesse he's like nice threads i'm like right back at you bud oh there you go um we go inside they uh normally and and starting next year again the induction takes place in the hockey hall of fame it was because of covid that the induction happened before the Hockey Hall of Fame opened last year, and they signed a two-year contract at Meridian Hall, which is the theater across the street from the Hockey Hall of Fame. So I'm going into this fresh. I've never been to one of these things before. So for me, it's all gravy. I don't care that it's there. Right. Everyone that I was talking to once I was inside was like, oh, you got to come back. When it's at the hall, it's a completely different experience. And I... I I believe it. The fact that like you could walk around with booze, with nice food, and see the exhibits before the induction starts sounds pretty cool to me. But I had just done basically that Saturday and Sunday. for So for me, I was fulfilled, right? Oh, yeah. They carted all of the trophies across into the hall. So they have the Stanley Cup on display, the Willie O'Ree Award, the Conn Smythe, the Hart, the Lester B. Pearson, the Norris the Vezina, whatever. Oh, like, yeah. they're all there on display. There's this silent auction going off to the side, which is really hard to not bid on stuff. But at the same time, you know, like, it's spent a couple bills at this point, so I'm, I'm feeling like it's actually a little bit easier to keep the wallet in the pants compared to normal. Just enough to say no. Yeah. Um, my, uh, I'm just... I'm just starstruck too because like you got all the great trophies there but as as you're there and you're seeing people come in you start noticing like a few more people in these hockey hall of fame blazers and you're like holy crap there's Dominic Hasek there's Frank Mahovlich there's Cami Granado um there's Lanny McDonald there's Mike Gartner 
You know, there's Timu Solani, there's Yari Curry, there's Gl- oh. like it's just it's kind of insane, just right? Legends of the game, and um, you're just you're you're like soaking it in, and you're not quite sure, like how to approach all of these people that you're around, and at the same time, you've also kind of started to notice other people from the weekend that you've been sharing these experiences with, so. You want to like talk to these legends, but at the same time you're like nervous, right? And that's that's where people like Todd really helped me out because uh, this isn't his first rodeo. He's been there like ten or twelve times or something like that. Right. And uh, as luck would have it, as I'm just like cruising around, seeing stuff, and soaking it all in, I, I run into one of my friends, Josh. Josh, the last time I saw him, he was sleeping on the floor of my basement suite in Vancouver in 2010 so that he had a place to stay during the Olympics to go watch the gold medal women's hockey game. Oh, wow. So I'm like, oh, my God, Josh, like, how's it going, bud? And he's like, same right back at you. And just like Todd, he's been doing this for years. And so he knows his way around and stuff like that. So just giving me advice like don't worry these guys are quite approachable and i'm like well i'm a little shy still so i'd i'd appreciate your help so sure enough like they're kind of introducing me to people but at the same time they're they're still there to have their experience too so i'm i'm kind of like mingling around and um i know this is a weird thing to be saying but at like you are at a black tie event so you are impressed with like how they pull this off even from like the catering and stuff. And I, I, I always thought it was weird that like going into the event, they're like, and experience the great catering of so-and-so. And I'm like, <laughs> why would that be a selling point? But turns out like they have uh, all of these different buffet lines throughout it where you're getting beef wellington, sushi, lobster tail, cannolis, uh, burger sliders like all this really good food which was actually very important for me because i think at that point i had like two bananas <laughs> talking with king earlier in the day during the documentary there wasn't much time for anything else so i'm i'm getting my fill which is really good because it's also open bar which i need for the liquid courage to like talk to these players right oh yeah me and my uncle are just kind of like soaking it all in trying to figure out who we want to go up to and talk to and stuff like that we just have a really great time. There's a Plinko machine try to get more money out of these people, including myself. $50 uh, gets you a chance to win an autograph puck by Wayne Gretzky. And I'm like, well, yeah, he's my favorite player. I don't win, but my consolation prize is uh, I get a signed puck by Dominic Hasek. Like, ooh, cry home, you know, oh, big right, deal. Yeah. I get the puck. I turn around. Dominic Hasek is fucking right there. Oh. And uh, funny thing about Dominic Hasek, too, is like the guy is bidding up his own items in this silent auction. <laughs> <laughs> so like there's all these signed photos of Hasek. And, like, someone would go and make a bid, and then, like, he'd cruise around and go back to the booth and put in a bid. So he's, like, driving up his own memorabilia <laughs> prices. I'd like to think it's because he wanted to make as much money for the Hockey Hall of Fame as possible, whatever. Right. Um, but it was just really cool to see him. And then it's not just, like, Hockey Hall of Fame past induction people that are there. Like, for example, 
I was kind of hoping that um, Kevin Bieksa would be there because I always loved watching him play. And I know he's such a big friend of uh, the Sedins and Luongo. And sure enough, he was there. So I got a chance to meet him and talk to him. And what was really funny is my friend Josh, his wife's like sister or something, dated one of his like girlfriends friends you know all canadians know each other so anyway he was like i need you to substantiate this story so it was really great to have my friends there because like i had stuff i wanted to say and it was very much along the lines of like i remember when you scored this goal against the sharks and brought us into the next round and there's my buddy like saying like so did you date so and so (laughs) like it was just a really great juxtaposition and um it was just really cool to kind of see people mingling before the event and then they play those you know passive aggressive chimes to get you to go to your seat and i take my seat and i'm with my uncle and sure enough right next to me again is the swedish ambassador and his wife (laughs) that was really cool and and once again i'm sitting middle middle like they gave me seats because of the VIP experience where I am like the same vantage point as what the cameras on TV give you. And I I can tell you that for sure, because the cameras are like going on the cranes, like right above me, you know? And so I'm just like there and we're all having a great time. Apparently I needed tissues though, because like, not because I creamed my pants. I was like crying. I was just like, like in such a great moment. And so was the ambassador. Like this guy, basically was telling me anecdotally like just how much when he when he thinks about bridging relationships between Canada and Sweden the easiest way for him to do so is like hockey related events oh so so like he had an event at his house in Ottawa featuring pizza because of the Spezza pizza line and stuff like that so I see some photos on his phone of them doing these pre-celebrations he's sitting there waiting for the event to start just like me um the the speeches are incredible they're all on twitter and youtube and i i won't paraphrase what they said because you guys should look that stuff up but what also was really cool was just how well thought out every part of that speech section of the evening was produced for example uh, both Henrik and Daniel got their induction plaques from Brian Burke, the same guy who drafted them. Oh right? yeah, which is absolute legend. He just, you know, that's the greatest draft day feat in my opinion in hockey history. Wheeling and dealing that day to get I, up to number one, to deal back down to get number two and three, to be able to draft the Twins together. Very cool, right? Absolutely special. Very cool. So to see it go full circle like that, you know, going from drafting them and giving them a jersey to inducting them into the Hall of Fame and giving them a plaque was, you know, pretty special. Yeah. Uh, The Dominator gives Luongo his plaque, greatest goalie of all time, to one of the greatest Canadian goalies of all time. Um. The other thing that was really special for me was basically up until this point, every single person that had been inducted posthumously, they just wheel out the plaque, give it to the family, 
there's applause and then they leave exit stage left uh this was the first time they allowed anyone from a family to give an actual speech and it made total sense because for herb who they had speak was his son and daughter bernice and dale and bernice she followed herb around when he was going to these schools talking to them about the young aces program and bernice is a public speaker so she commands the microphone she's incredible and not a dry eye like we talked about biore salming's like induction or sorry uh honorary situation and like it was the same thing again like once again i see myself crying while this woman talks about how great her father is and how amazing the impact was on the game and this call to action is it's all about like us we have to take action we have to do something so for her to not just say thank you but also explain what he had done and what we do from here was incredibly powerful very impactful all of the social media links to her speech say must listen to or must watch and they're right like it was a privilege to be there to hear that live oh yeah absolutely. i mean man like to also just sit through their speeches and daniel and henrik had some jabs at each other it was really funny obviously Um, for sure and uh luongo was really cool because he kind of like brought it all home. So after all of these emotional speeches, he's the one that has arguably the greatest hockey like Twitter of all time. Oh, like yeah. he's just so funny. Bobby Lou, a legend on Twitter. Oh my God. Strombo one is just so funny. And, <laughs> and for him to weave in that humor while at the same time, thank people from his past that got him to where he was like, you know, I've I've thought a lot about if I ever won anything important, I would like to thank the teachers that I had growing up to put me in the position that I was. And he did the same thing with like his goalie coaches, his early agents, just like all of these people that meant a lot to him. And it's cool because like this is their moment. So there's no Oscar music that plays them off the stage. They just get to talk for as long as they want, you yeah. know? And so it was really neat to allow them to express their gratitude. And you, once again, just like the fan forum, you realize none of these players really made it alone and they're great humans and they're just incredible people. And to see that happen live and firsthand and with my uncle, who's a big history a fan of the game and to see the Swedish ambassador and his wife, like look for tissues from people in the stands. Cause they were emotional too. And uh, it was just incredible. It was really, really great. And I, I'm so thankful for that experience. And I'm thinking like, okay, that's it. Like <laughs> I finally got it. Like it totally worth the price of admission. Wrong again. Uh, <laughs> we, we get out from the uh, like the speeches and you know the production what went on tv's over and you're just kind of mingling in the hall and in the gala area entrance and i'm like okay well like what do we do from here like i'm not seeing a lot of people like like loitering they're all leaving and 
that's when Todd grabs me by the shoulder. He's like, all right, let's go to the bar. I'm Ugh. like, okay, cool. And then, I mean, Todd's just such a G. He's so cool. So, like, of course, he knows where to go right after this is over. And we just walk right up to the front line. He's like, he's with me. And we go right in. So, I mean, Todd, thank you once again. Um, and it was it was pretty neat because we go in there. We're still some of the first people there. But at the same time, like, there's people that didn't have tickets. So they've already got their seats at the bar and stuff like that. And he's like, I want you to meet so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And he's, in, he's introducing me to, like, the owner of the bar uh, and Dennis Maroke. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. I'm sorry. And he's like, oh, he scored 60 goals for the Capitals. I'm like, well, I mean, that's cool. That's 60 more than I scored. He's like, no, 60 goals in one season. And I'm like, oh, shit, like that's oh, yeah. that's pretty freaking impressive. So I go over to him. Todd introduces me. I'm like, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you play with Rod Langway as well? He's like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, OK, so I'm sorry to do this to you, but I I I'm not at the same time. And I I've I've had a couple at this point. So I feel like I can just riff with you. I'm like, don't you think there needs to be a defensive defenseman award considering there's the Selkie for the both the best defensive forward and there's the Art Ross for the most productive player. And he's like, oh, absolutely. And I'm like, shouldn't it be called the Rod Langley? He's like, absolutely. I'm like, well, there, that settles it. Like, I just talked to a legend who played with that guy and he agrees with me. It's validated. <laughs> validated. Like, I... I know he's just being nice, but at the same time, I'm like another one who believes. And so um, that was great. And then more players start trickling in. Glenn Healy shows up. Nick Kiprio shows up. He's quite the analyst now, you know. Yeah, oh, legend. Bit, also you know. pretty sweet on Twitter if you haven't yeah. seen. <laughs> so uh, it, it was cool because this is now at the part of the evening, too, where the whole Hockey Hall of Fame staff – it's kind of like we've done it. We've pulled it off. It's another successful year. And so, like, the people I was shouting out earlier, like Mike and Kylie, they show up at the bar. I'm like, let's get some shots. Let's, oh, yeah. let's do some drinks. And then also um, Mike Bolt and Phil Pritchard, who are two of the keepers of the cup, they show up too. And I'm like, hey, what's up? How's it going? And my buddy Josh, he's like, pissed off because he didn't win the auction thing that allows him to have an experience with Phil out on a boat on Toronto Island. So he starts like trying to be like, what if I give you 600 bucks? Would you go on a boat with me and tell me stories and stuff like that? And uh, I'm like, yo, Josh, if that ever comes, I'll, I'll pitch in and let's do that together. I'll come back in the summer. You and I have cottages together in Perry sound. We'll see Bobby or we'll go, we'll go have some fun. We'll take, Phil Pritchard, we'll have a barbecue. We'll have some shots. It'll be a good time. Oh, yeah. So, like, I got him in my back pocket. I got uh, Josh helping me out. We're having a great time. I'm like, yo, Mike, remember, like, a month ago when I met you at the banner raising of the uh, first game of the season for the Avs? And I was like, I'm going to see you, like, next month at the induction ceremony. He's like, mm. I was like, I remember, like, dude, remember I was saying, like, how you live, like, around the corner from my mom? And he's like, oh, yeah, you're that, oh, great. Like, and he, like, clicked, and I was like, see, this is so cool. Like, he remembered me. We're having more stories. Uh, it doesn't take much to get those guys to open up to um, just because they know they're kind of, like, 
not only the keepers of the cup, they have keep, they're keepers of these stories. Yeah, they right? have the keepers of legendary stories. So yeah. I, I definitely <laughs> asked him about like the whole uh, Abe Kubel. Is that how you say his last yeah, name? Yeah. And he he was just like, "Fuck, dude!" Like when that the happened, fastest. I was just like, "That's the fastest." quickest thing and like you can see mckinnon's face when it happens and he said like that was funny if you weren't who i was <laughs> right yeah. if you didn't have to fix it right um and deal with the fallout of that and and also like josh was just egging me on he's like ask them anything guys like they will like answer these questions or tell you stuff so I'm like going through my mental Rolodex of what I think would be a good question to ask. And I'm thinking, and I'm like, tell me about the time that, uh, you know, the lightning one and Dave Anderchuk got his day with the cup because at the time he was the player that had won the most without winning the cup. Yeah. He's like the Joe Thornton of a couple of years ago. And so, he told me about that story, and I thought that was really cool. I'm not going to tell you what he said because you guys can go. You guys can buy Mike and fill a beer, and you can find out for yourself because <laughs> these guys are really cool. Um, so just to have the opportunity to talk to these players to or these staff and ask them these questions was really amazing and uh it just continued like that all night i think i was at the bar until well we were definitely there until last call but i think i was there until like 2 30 or 3 in the morning and it was cool that like i was i knew i was staying until last call no matter what i'm a fan these guys were like yeah i'm gonna stay these guys are talking to me like we'll hang out oh yeah and uh another cool thing that came up was um I, it was either Mike Bolt or Phil Pritchard's friend, but he was like an ex-cop in Ontario. And he was like, I got to go. And I was like, how come he's leaving early? He's like, oh, because he's on security detail and been driving around the Sedins all weekend, and he needs to take him to the airport tomorrow. And I was like, okay, what was what was it like driving the Sedins around all weekend? <laughs> so, you know, it was just all these kind of tidbits that come out, and then you can't help but be curious to ask and it's nice that there's not cameras in your face and microphones in your mouth and they can kind of like tell you how it is yeah exactly so it was just super cool uh we had just like such a great evening and to to share that with my friends too like josh and todd that i i i didn't expect them to stay as long as they did and they did and that was super cool so I'm thinking, okay, it's finally done. Finally happened. Like it's what a, what an amazing experience. Totally worth the price of admission. I got to fly home the next day. I'm thinking, like, yeah, that was pretty cool. That was definitely worth it. Still not over. Oh, uh, what? Yeah, because as as luck would have it, or maybe at this point, I think the hockey gods were on my side. Yeah, right? they were it's, smiling. It, yeah, they were I, smiling upon you for sure. They, so they they felt the misery of a Canucks. <laughs> yeah, I think they were. We got to show this guy a bit of a good time. Yeah, <laughs> um, I show up at the airport. I'm getting ready to board my flight, and what do you know? Dale Carnegie, Herb Carnegie's son is on my flight to Denver. 
For real? Yep. Oh, my God. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so crazy. And I'm thinking, like, maybe I'll get seated next to him or maybe I'll, like, give him a nod, like, onto the flight or as he's waiting for his bags after the flight. Like, I'm I'm currently cycling through what I'm going to say to this guy. Turns out our flight wasn't very full, and it's four hours long, and um, a lot of people would take that as an opportunity to sit next to him and talk to him and, like, talk his ear off for the whole four hours. I promise I didn't do that. <laughs> Good on you. Good but on I ya. did do it for 90 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Hey, you saved him three hours. I took, I you took your chunk. You took your chunk in time. Mm-hmm. So near the end of the flight where I knew, like, if I ran out of things to say, it wouldn't be awkward if I went back to my seat. I found him. And this is kind of like the family that the Carnegies are. I went up to him and I was like, Dale, would you mind if I sat next to you? And he's like, I would love for you to sit next to me. And I was like, holy, that's really cool. And then for 90 minutes... I got a first-hand account from Herb Carnegie's son what Herb was like. Wow. He told me all about the work he was doing with Young Aces and now what their family's doing with the Carnegie Initiative. I just, I, I couldn't believe the luck and fortune that I was experiencing. He was just so, such a gentleman, such a great man. And, and by the way, just to give you some sense of history, Dale Carnegie is 80 years old. He's not like our age. Like right. Herb was old as fuck, but also like pioneering some of this stuff in the 40s and 50s. Yeah. You know? And now I'm getting to hear that firsthand through his son. And he said this stuff in a couple documentaries that have come out or will come out. But he also riffed on things that didn't make it into that movie. And so I'm hearing those stories and what it was like growing up in Ontario before, you know, there was a lot of racial understanding. Mm -hmm. I got to tell him, like, I was actually, I, I, when I was a kid living in Toronto, I played at the Carnegie Ice Arena. And he was like, whoa. And then I got to tell him a little bit about the work that um, I was doing here in Colorado with Dog Nation Hockey Foundation and how important it was for me to give back to the sport now that I'm at at an age where, while I still play beer league hockey, like I feel compelled and obligated to find a way to give back to the game. And he was really impressed to hear about that. Turns out Herb Carnegie was like a 10, 11 time golf champion in Canada. Yeah, like really frigging good at golf. And Dale, he he plays now too. And I was like, well, Dog Nation puts on a golf tournament like every year. It would be really cool to have you out there. And he showed genuine interest in that. Got his email address before I left. So I plan on reaching out to him. And I told Marty about it at the event we were at the other night. So like, Things are moving, things are working, and I'm like, all because I was there, all because I put oh, myself yeah. in that situation, and the hockey gods shined upon me sm- or smiled upon me, and now I f- like because of those opportunities, because of those experiences, I need to act on them, and 
do something about it. And so it was just incredible. Like just when I thought the weekend was over, it just kept getting better and better and better all the way up until the literal time I touched down back in Denver. Yeah. I mean, like, guys, you have to go experience this. You don't know what will happen, but it will be great. Right. Uh, I'm just blown away. I'm absolutely blown away. Blown away and genuinely jealous. It sounds like a lifetime worth of hockey events and happenings for some people. And it all happened in three days. Yeah, pretty crazy. It's awesome. And I mean, it It was a great three days, but it was also a great week because yeah. I got back and then... You know, we had another cool event to go to as well. Yeah, which was really cool. Uh, Dog Nation actually had that. Um, uh, it was like an auction, kind of like a, a beer release party for Jan and Jan Heda and Milan Heduk's, uh Czech double beer at a uh, Blue Spruce Brewery down in Littleton. So they were handing out a another gigantic check to a couple recipients and we were actually lucky enough to go down there yeah the hawktoberfest i think they called it at blue spruce brewing in littleton yeah yeah um so this one was exciting because i got to see you two meet one of your guys another one of you guys is here as milan hayduke yeah i mean that was honestly i i knew it was gonna happen I knew he was going to be there. I knew I was going to meet him. But I was thinking about all these things to ask him, stories I wanted to hear. And then the moment came and I got up to him and I shook his hand and I like blanked completely. <laughs> like blacked out. Like <laughs> I just blanked. And I was just like, man, you're one of my cocky heroes. So I was like, I don't really know what to say here. But And he was like, well, I see that puck in your hand. He was like, so let me go ahead and sign that for you. And you want a picture? And I was, absolutely. And he couldn't have been nicer. But regardless of, you know, getting the puck in the picture, I got to spend time with you guys down there. I had a good time. And also, they were releasing those that double-check beer down there, which was pretty tasty, I might add. So yeah. not only did, you know, we get to meet him, we got to – drink some beers with him and hear some stories and yeah real shitty night eh yeah it was real terrible <laughs> yeah it was just awful and i mean th- that's the thing though like when milan hayduke and jan hayda they're two of the most like down-to-earth dudes ever like i've i've had the pleasure of meeting him and talking to him and hanging out with him like uh quite a few times through dog nation and maybe have you know built up a bit of a rapport so it's a bit, yeah. Uh, yeah, a bit of a report. I don't, this I don't, guy's jumping on the yeah. back of your wheelchair. Yeah, like they're just like pushing me around in my wheelchair and stuff. But yeah, like, Cody, you, Cody's it did being... take you long to start razzing Jan about his stick handling skills yeah, or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jan, Jan was moving Cody around in his chair, and I was like, oh man, look at that. He was, moves the chair better than he handles the puck. <laughs> and I got a roar out of Milan with that one, so. I'll I'll keep that one with me forever for oh, sure. You got it. Absolutely. I couldn't razz him too much though. I'm not gonna lie. I knew Jan was a big man, but he is way <laughs> bigger than I thought. <laughs> Cody yeah. was over there talking shit for me, and he was like, "Oh, you want to fight? You want to fight?" And I was like, "No, I do not." 
I would have I gone with him. I would have did. Yeah, you would have gone toe-to-toe with him for sure. With a Yachty. Yeah, because like, when I joined the podcast, you guys had already recorded with Jan. Yeah. And then when I was on it with you, we did it with Hey Duke, but it was during COVID, so it was like remote. Yeah. You know, so I didn't get to a chance to see him. And then the only other time I had physically met him was at a dog bowl two years ago where he was leaving as I was showing up wearing my Milan Haydu jersey. And he was like, oh, nice jersey. And I was like, eh, but you don't know I like loved you. And my email address is like with the number 23 because of you. And I remember when and like I just never got a chance to say that. So would you talk about like meeting him and then blanking like I – luckily had been through hockey hall of fame training at that point and yeah, like you were, knew you were kind of more like... what to say um and they are so nice honestly yeah. those guys are so giving with their time it's crazy yeah cody's being a little humble here he knows milan and jan pretty well so they joke around with him and he even went up to milan and uh was he introduced dan here as our good old canadian boy Who's uh, too shy to ask for an autograph? Too polite, I believe, is what I said. Yeah, and uh, he told him to be less polite and to just put it on and walk on over there, and that's eventually what he did. But it was hilarious to just hear it from his. It's a good thing it was a beer event because again, I needed that liquid courage. Yeah. But yeah, you paved the way for me, and I appreciate it forever. Well, hey man, I I I, I like I. Like I know, I know, I understand how great these guys are, and they're absolutely just like the greatest dudes you can you could really meet, and they're so willing to talk to you guys and just have a good time. And I mean, fuck, when we were hanging out with them, they were even you know introducing Yanni. Finally introduced all yeah, of us to, to his, his wife, wife and yeah. stuff, and and they were speaking Czech, like probably making fun of us, like because oh, uh, Milan was fucking with my uh, my chair, and he's like. Look, look, look. You know, like, I don't, I don't speak Czech, obviously. But uh, they're wrong. But I, I, I did uh, pull at full control. So he's like, look at, look at, like. You had on a Yager shirt, too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I had that, like, his, uh, his rookie picture, like, from the Glass Bangers. And, and they, like, they just got a gigantic kick out of that. Just, like, showing all their uh, Czech friends and stuff. Like, look at this shirt. But no, uh, but yeah, I I I'm I'm not gonna brag or anything, but I might have Milan Hayduk and Jan Hayduk's phone in my phone book. I don't know. And I have your number in my phone book, so I'm two degrees away yeah, from by that. Proxy. So, yeah, by proxy. <laughs> exactly. We have Hayduk and Jan Hayduk's number. Uh, no, so I love the, cool. I love the guys, and you know they they have they've tri- helped me out so so much and. Always just get, always willing to sit and talk with you and give you a huge smile. So that night was it was definitely well needed for me for sure. Mm-hmm. And I, I know you guys had to have enjoyed yourself. Yeah, as definitely. Well. And I mean, just to like talk a bit more about Dog Nation for a second. I mean, what what's hard to appreciate until you're planning them yourself is just all the work that goes into an event like that. And then for them to put that on and then the next night, like the very next night, be doing more work to be giving back to the community. 
I mean, I don't know where these guys get their energy. It's pretty crazy. But you were telling me some crazy number that they had been giving away checks because of all the people that needed it. Yeah, so that night at Blue Spruce, I think they uh, handed out like $45,000. And then last night, Saturday, they went down to the Budweiser Event Center and they gave a uh, $50,000 check to... Les Borsheim, uh, the color commentator for the Eagles, uh, for the Eagles broadcast, who was in a terrible um, motorcycle accident a long time ago, I actually got him in touch with the Dog Nation. That's so, so yeah, they gave him. A, so within two nights, they get they gave him almost over like over eighty five k away. Wow, absolutely incredible. I mean, just in a two day span. Marty and all those guys down there at Dog Nation, they just work their ass off. I don't know where they find the time or the energy, but it's incredible what those guys do. It takes a lot of dedication, man, a lot of heart. So, um, we're, I know for a fact that we're just, we're all so proud to be a part of it. I mean, ever since I've introduced you to Dog Nation, you've been, uh, full on just head. Head, head over heels in love with it. Yeah, and I mean, I've tried to pay it forward too. So you introduced me, and then I've done my things, and then I introduced the the foundation to the hockey jersey community that I'm in. And we had a situation and an opportunity to take money from the donations of like the Patreons of this online community they bought a skate sharpening machine that I have that I take to events that I then chart, like give people skate sharpenings for free and with donation. And all that money flows back into dog nation. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't even know that. Yeah. So we've got the pond hockey tournament coming up again this year. Oh yeah. Should be making a lot of money for them too. So it's cool to see not only the work they do, but the impact they have on people like us. And then when we tell other people about it, how they want to be involved with it too. And it, it snowballs in a great way. Oh yeah. And I mean, even the dented puck got, uh, has been in contact with dog nation. They've, they've done a few uh, tournaments as well with like yep. our buddies, Drew, Drew Garza and uh, Josh Schneider. They've been uh, they they came up to the dog nation dog bowl last year, and the dog uh, pond tournament. Yep, and I'm and I think they did something with the dog bowl St. Louis as well. Yep. So it's just really cool to see, you know, the hockey community becoming a bigger, better hockey community. Oh, absolutely. You know, so and, and so yeah, I, I guess we just wanted to mention that you know maybe put a little brag on hanging out with some pros, but all in all, it was all for a really good, good cause. And just to be there around that is always just so heartwarming for sure. I mean, I've been dominating this episode with my stories, but both of those experiences are from nonprofits doing work with ex players I'm telling you guys this story. I know you guys are enjoying what I'm saying. 
and I'm encouraging you to go and do these experiences, which flows more money back into these nonprofits, which grows the game. So it's all very cyclical and important. And I couldn't be prouder to be a part of it. No, uh, fully agreed. And I mean, yeah. Well, <laughs> on that note, I mean, what's the, what's there left to say there, guys? I like. Not too much, bud. Great episode. Yeah, I mean, we we usually give the shout outs at the end and stuff, and we've been pumping the air of Dog Nation tires. I would just like to say a shout out to my uncle Gary as well in London for being with me through this whole experience in Toronto. He really was a great person to experience this with. And also just shout out to my family at large because they hosted me. They allowed me to have King into my house. Shout out to Todd. Shout out to Josh. Like they really made this an amazing experience. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, we, you know, we love us some Todd Swatsky here on the bench. That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, a huge shout out to you know Martin Richardson of Dog Nation, uh, Milan Hayduk, Jan, uh, Jan Hayda as well for being so incredible in doing the just being so immersed in this uh, culture as well. And shout out to you guys. Shout out to da- uh, Dave. Shout out to Dave Schneider from the Zambonis. As always, we couldn't do it with, do these episodes without you. Um, uh, I don't know. What do you got there, Nick? Not too much. You guys pretty much covered it all. I mean, love Dog Nation. Love the Zambonis. Give them a listen. Yeah, apparently. Nick's going to be hitting me up to make sure we buy the same tickets to our flight next year for Toronto's Hockey Hall Oh, I'm already, yeah, yeah we, we're, we're already talking. Okay. Like, yeah, this is going to be trip, a, eh? oh, yeah. Well, long, I, long oh, no, I'll trip. fly my happy ass Okay. There. No, no way am I driving to fucking <laughs> yeah, Toronto. Yeah, 22 and a half hours. I've driven to Alaska once. It's too long. Uh, I get antsy on a fucking car ride uh, to Durango. That's only six <laughs> hours. I, I swear to God, if they don't induct... Mogilney next year it's a travesty oh for real so that better happen and i i would love to go again with you guys i think that would be incredible that'd be a great little video blog too on the bench on the bench at the hall let's fucking do it 2023 all right well with that being said thank you guys so much for listening dan always thank you for coming on and sharing back oh hell yeah we love we love getting the bd back into the batory is that yeah i don't know i'm gonna roll with it the the labitory yeah yeah i get what you were doing there yeah Yeah. yeah, try it too (laughs) at least uh without without that um we'll we'll catch you next time on on the bench so till then be horse later abiento yeah Try the damn thing, see what happens.